Welcome to the Nourished and Nurturing Podcast, for two holistic-minded moms with a passion for real food and raising healthy, empowered children. We want to provide a safe and educational, judgment-free zone for supporting women as they journey into motherhood and discover the mom they were meant to be. I'm Marissa of Confidently Balanced. I'm a former speech-language pathologist turned nutritional therapy practitioner and have a passion for all things health, wellness, and mindset. I'm also a mama to a little guy with a big personality. And I'm Michelle. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner student. I have a degree in Thai massage and a master's in business analytics. I'm a mama to a little one and have another one on the way. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified health provider with any questions you have regarding a medical concern. So today we have our first guest on the podcast, and I am so excited about this one. We are talking to Rochelle, who is a mother of two, a self-proclaimed non-tox nut, a dreamer, and a doer that loves helping families find natural products for a healthier life. She runs the nontoxshop.com, and she's creator of Earthly Not Yet Wet Wipes. And I am so excited to have you on today. Hi, Rochelle. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well. How about yourself? Awesome. Well, you're our first guest on our podcast. We're so excited to have you. Oh, that's exciting. I didn't realize. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. So Rochelle and I met what about a month ago now at a retreat for another podcast, the Modern Mamas podcast out in California by where you live in LA. And I just loved talking to you about all this like environmental stuff and the non-toxic non-toxic products in the home. And this is something I'm super interested in, but don't have a lot of personal knowledge. So I'm super excited to pick your brain. <laughs> Yay. I'm, I'm so excited to talk about it. It is, um, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun for me uh, to talk about. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll jump into some of the questions we got. One of the things was more around household, like, and this is something I told you about personally, that I feel paralyzed by some of these decisions, like larger purchases, like a mattress or um, carpeting or something where you know that there's this off-gassing and it seems almost paralyzing to make the right choice. Could you give any tips for like what to prioritize in a household in terms of the environmental impact, but also the toxic load of some of the items we have in our houses. Sure. So that, as you can imagine, is a pretty large um, yeah. <laughs> question, <laughs> only because there's so there's so much to it. There's so many things we bring into our home. There's everything from like building materials all the way down to Tupperware. I mean, like literally all of that is is having an effect in our home space. But it's not actually it can feel very overwhelming. And I actually remember the first time I started learning about all this, um, I was in college and I was in my dorm room, which was a rented space. I have no idea like what carpeting they used or paint. And I was sitting on my bed and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be on this mattress because there's chemicals in it, but I don't want to be on the carpet. So I'm not going to sit on the floor. <laughs> and I just remember <laughs> and it was like, it's, it's interesting when you first start learning and it can feel very daunting, but the cool part that I think about it is that once you learn and you understand, it can be transformed from a fear to an empowerment. So then you have the empowerment to make those choices. And 
it it's definitely, I feel like more of a marathon than a sprint because it, these are big purchases and they are sometimes not necessarily um, attainable. If you're renting, like we rent, we can't always control every part of that. I can't control what the neighbors are even doing in their home. That's so close to us. If you start talking about Wi-Fi and stuff too. So there's so many things here, but, um, but I really hope that people, my number one tip is like, take it as a, um, an empowerment thing, because I was kind of locked down with fear for a while and it's not a happy place to live. (laughs) And we, we feel our vibrations of what we're giving off. So my number one tip on that is to really just take it in stride, give yourself grace and don't try not to get, to get swept under the overwhelm of it. Um, but then once you start getting down to the nitty gritty logistics and facts of it all, um, gosh, the biggest purchases, it's hard because the, the bigger things that I would like recommend first are the places where we spend most of our time. That would be a mattress. That would be a couch, but those are large purchases. So, um, so let's, let's actually like reel it back a little and talk about some really cheap and maybe even free things that we could do, like not wearing shoes in the house. (laughs) So, um, you know, if you, if you take your shoes off at the door, you're going to leave all of the pesticides that you've been walking through all of the just plain dirt, which not, isn't always bad, but if it's going to be sprayed with things, if you're in, you know, areas where there's that happening, um, which most public areas have some sort of spraying going on, um, you're going to be keeping that out of your home. So you're going to be avoiding it. Um, what else can you do? Turn off your Wi-Fi at night, which isn't really non-toxic, I guess, but it, it plays in that or people don't think of that necessarily, but it definitely plays in that, um, you know, just opening your windows. I remember, I remember talking to, um, EWG, the founder of EWG, Ken. And I remember going up to him and saying, I live in an apartment. I can't control the carpet. I can't control the paint. Like, what do I do? And he's like, open your windows. I was like, wow. Okay. I was like, what about an air filter? What are all these things? And I'm sure I think that their website now has, this was years ago. I think their website now has recommendations, but at the time he was like, those are kind of like, uh, taking everything in your home and concentrating it in one space. So he actually preferred opening windows to that. Um, but now I think they have these great ones that like really clean out and that they recommend, but it was such a simple thing simple thing that you could do. So those are some really simple start points, like open your windows, take off issues at the door. When it comes to purchases, natural is always going to be, I mean, I want to, I don't want to say always or never, but usually (laughs) natural, natural is the way to go. Because when you're talking about products that are from synthetic, you know, sources, not only is that harder on the environment, but it's also got a lot of processing. There's usually off-gassing involved. Um, so if you can go with natural things like wools and cottons, um, it's, it's usually a safer bet and it's hard. It's really hard to make blatant statements here. Um, but what I can do too, is I have a really good guide that kind of breaks down everything from flame retardants to chemical treatments. Um, and I can share that with your listeners. If you have like a link that they could find it on or something, I can give that guide to you. And it really helps break down for all parts of purchases for bedding, for, um, cookware, like what to look for and what to avoid. And it's kind of like a simple guide and it's would be much easier to read than for me to try to (laughs) say it on here. That would be great. Yeah. We can definitely add a link to that in the show notes for this. Yeah. So that would be a nice, easy way to start. I wish, I mean, I could go through the list, but it can feel overwhelming in words, but when you see it on paper broken down, it, it feels tackleable. 
I think. Okay. Yeah. And I love that focusing on where you spend the most time. And that's where, like you said, mattress, couch, and then, but when you have babies, carpet becomes a bigger Mm -hmm. thing because they spend so much time on there. So and that's also why the no shoes thing, especially when they're little, I used to feel really okay. awkward about telling people to take their shoes off at the door. <laughs> um, and so I had a little sign that said like tiny fingers and toes are on the floor, like all day, you know, like, please take your shoes off. And it felt easier to like segue in. Cause I had a baby and I had a reason why, you know, someone that's on the floor all the time and a reason to, to ask them to take off their shoes. So that is another thing, um, with carpets, you could also do like throw rugs on top of the carpet if you don't want like the direct contact with some of that stuff. But um, then, you know, it, it just depends. It depends. Every, every situation is so different. I'm sorry. I wish I could give you more clear, like, yes, do this, do that. But everybody's got <laughs> different things that they need. So, yeah. Okay. No, that's helpful. And so things like a wool carpet or a wool mattress, like if you're going to be replacing it, it might be a good time to look at that. Yeah. So a wool is a great material unless you're allergic to it, (laughs) Um, but which is a possibility. Um, But wool is a great material because of its properties of being, um, you know, really water wicking, especially like if you have kids um, and very, you know, it's um, like naturally mite resistant and really long lasting and, sustainable. It's just got a lot of really good properties. We have wool in our couch actually. So our couch is stuffed with wool, but my bed is a natural sap. So like those latexes, again, as long as you don't have an allergy, if it's a natural latex, that's a really good way to go. I think what I, what I really try to avoid in the bedding is anything that's petroleum based. So any, um, any of that, like polyurethane foam, polyethylene type type stuff. Um, and, and then like the flame retardants. So if you're going to try to avoid those two things, that's going to cross out a lot of options on your list. And if you're sticking with the natural latex, natural wool, some of them are like a wool cotton blend, but then there's also your comfort level. And so that's why the latexes can be a little more, um, they're a little easier to adjust as far as like how hard or soft they are. Wool's wool. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And that's, what's like concerned me about a wool mattress is because even if you buy one and you like it, it'll settle over six months. And I'm like, well, I want to feel like what it's going to feel like (laughs) after it's, after it's compacted and that's not really an option, but, and wool is naturally flame retardant too, right? Yes. Yeah. So it's a good choice for baby. It's a great choice for baby and, um, like a wool, or even like they have now like coconut fiber stuff too, but that's usually that will be like lined in wool. So yeah, wool's a a great uh, flame retardant option. Okay. And then in terms of off-gassing, is this something that reduces over time and you don't have to worry about it as much if you have an old mattress or is it pretty much what it is. <laughs> I love this question because it's haunted me for years. Okay. So, um, um, so I've done so much digging into this and I've never found a concrete answer on it. There's a school of thought that says, yes, 
the off-gassing, you know, eliminates over time. And then there's the complete opposite where it says once it's mixed with our body oils and dirt and all these other things that it's amplified over time. So they, I don't know. And I feel like it makes sense logically that you'd say, oh, like over time, if it's off-gassing, if it has half-life, but every everything is so different. Every chemical is so different in the process of it. I've recently come upon research saying that um, even that rule of like less is better has been found to be broken with certain chemicals. So where we used to think like, oh, if it's just 1%, it'll be better. But they're finding that with some chemicals in lower concentrations, they're actually more dangerous than in high concentrations. So it's, it's really, really tricky and confusing. And I don't know if there's a real answer to it. I think minimalism is your best bet when it comes to buying products, though. The fewest materials and ingredients that they have, uh, the most natural roots, and then giving yourself grace for knowing that just doing what you can and taking the time because there may, there may be an answer to that question. I don't know what it is, though. Okay. Well, you've saved me from doing research because I believe you've done a lot and still haven't come to an answer. So I'm just not going to bother. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, I haven't, I haven't found it. To be fair, I haven't looked like within the last year because I kind of felt like, well, I don't know if I'm going to find an answer, but, um, yeah. but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure my carpeting now is actually wool, but it's really old and ugly, but it's like, well, I want to keep it while I still have babies crawling on the floor. So, right. Um, so, okay. What about things like blankets? I think we kind of touched on this with the wool. Um, but my son just moved into a toddler bed and we're kind of looking at comforters and stuff like that. And even when I search for things that are cotton, they're a lot of times filled with synthetic stuff, even though they're cotton on the outside, I'm guessing that's still going to get through. Yeah. I mean, the way I see it, I think that there's levels, um, there's levels of like how, how careful you want to be. Obviously for bedding, you're on it a lot. I feel, I personally feel okay if it's with synthetic on the inside, especially if it's like a polyester batting, because a lot of people are wearing that directly on their skin through clothing. So usually it's not any different than what you find in, in clothing pieces. Yes. I choose not to wear polyester clothing because of that reason, but um, you know, anecdotal, anecdotally, it's, it's been, it's been used on people's skin every day, all the time. And people are like generally like, okay with it. So as far as reactions go, um, and then really what's directly touching your skin is the cotton. So I think because it is so tricky to find that, uh, I feel okay with it. And then I always go with like the organic cotton sheets and then obviously organic PJs, organic underwear, um, yeah, the underwear, I really try to do across the board just because that's honest, the most, like to the most sensitive parts and then PJs if we can, but then our clothing, like a lot of it's, it's difficult to find cotton clothing, honestly. Um, Mm -hmm. and then cotton's controversial in its own right. So, um, so there you go. There's another rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that actually brings up, this was kind of later on my list with baby stuff, but in terms of pajamas, like that's another thing where we're in a really cold environment in Chicago and all the fuzzy pajamas that make my son look nice and cuddly, they're treated with the flame retardants. And so we did a lot of hundred percent organic cotton when he was littler, but now it just, that's what we keep getting is like 
the the fuzzy pajamas, which you can't get in a natural fabric. Yeah, and they're they're not. So they're polyester usually, which again, this is like where you have to make the choice of doing the best you can and giving yourself grace. But there are wool options if he's not allergic. So there's some really great companies. Yes, they are costly and kids grow out of things really quickly. Um, but even if you put him in some cotton PJs, but with wool socks, like it's amazing how warm those socks are. Um, or, you know, maybe he had one piece that a wool, I don't know, blanket or something that could keep him warm in that case, instead of having to buy something he'll grow out of so quickly. But, um, I'm trying to think there's a brand I'll have to send you cause I don't want to say it wrong. I think it's like Lana care or something, L A N A care, I think. Um, and they do tons of wool baby stuff. Um, okay. so there is we'll that, link to that when you send it to me. But. Yeah. And then, um, and then yes, organic cottons, there's brands that have like thicker PJs than other brands. I know like Burt's babies, organic cottons really light. They're more yes. of like a summer PJ cotton. Um, but Hannah Anderson is a thicker cotton. So those are better for winter in my opinion, but we live in California. So in Southern California, so I don't really have winter, winter here. Um, but, but yeah, so that would be my suggestion if you're really trying to go the purest route, but, um, and I don't know, I think on our little sheet, you have the question of if, if used PJs would be better because I don't know about the off guessing and what happens with that. I don't know if that, is the case, but I mean, washing has been showed to eliminate things like pesticides. So I imagine it would also eliminate the chemicals, but, um, I'm just not sure. Okay. And then, so just in terms of baby stuff in general, I like, you already said the underwear, like things like that, but where would you prioritize like, okay, I'm going to invest in these things for baby that are going to be safer. And then I'm kind of not going to worry about a lot of the other stuff. Like if you had to prioritize a few things. Okay. So it goes back to the, where we spend most time. So um, car seats, I think car seats are a big priority for me. They were, um, there's actually up a baby came out with the first like non flame retardant car seat in, um, because they use wool and it's called the, it's the Mesa, but it's the Henry. They only, they might be coming out with a convertible, I think, or, but, um, but right now they just have the baby, the infant carrier, infant seat. Um, so that's a good option for starting. Also, if your baby's really little and they're just on the floor, they're not like moving around yet. You can have a little space that has a natural carpet. If you don't have the option, um, where you, or a blanket, organic blanket or something that you can put down if they're really like nose to the carpet all the time. Um, so you can make a little space for them once they start moving, all bets are off, but, <laughs> but <laughs> until then, no. Um, so yeah, car seat that, um, anything that their food's going into, if you can put it in glass. So if they, if you use glass bottles, if you can, um, I didn't pump, but I am always curious about the plastic bag situation. I feel mm-hmm. like it's one of those where if that's the option that you have, like that's great. And it's going, you know, it's not being heated usually, right. You can, you can move it into a space outside of the plastic to heat it. But, um, 
I don't know if there's other options for that because I haven't, I didn't have that experience myself because I, I didn't pump, but I'd be curious about that if there was other alternatives. Um, but so I will say that I, I did pump into plastic, like right immediately from the pump, um, the glass that I could pump into glass through my pump, like it would go through a plastic membrane, but it was very heavy because I would try to do the no hands yeah. so the glass. Um, but I would immediately put it into glass jars. So it wasn't in the plastic very long. And I, I'm not sure how much better that is, but, um, when I was storing I it at work, it was in glass jars. So it was, um, I, it was immediately in a glass jar after I was done pumping, but I think that sounds like a really good, like best of all world situation because yeah, you have to, you have to be realistic about what you're doing. Right. And then, um, doing the best you can. And so I think that that is putting it in glass at any time to reheat, especially, um, and to store, I think is always a, a good idea if you can. Okay. So bottles, I mean, passive art, anything that's like with them all the time, if you're going to, if you can use a natural rubber, so long as they're not having any rubber allergies, um, then, then that's really good. If you're using a pacifier, what I'll same with like bottle nipples or silicone. Um, but you know, there's like varying degrees of, of silicone. Cause if it's like dyed and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think anything that they're spending a lot of time around and in, and, and when they're really little and brand new to the world, I kind of went along the same lines as you, where I, I tended to try to put them in organic um, more often while their skin was really just becoming used to everything around it. Okay. Yeah, I love that. And then I, I didn't mention this already, but your website has an amazing resource for like links to baby products that are non-toxic. So that's just a wealth of information. So obviously we'll lock link to that. Thanks. Um, yeah. And then, so what about like a wool versus an organic fiber that's synthetic? Okay. So I thought this is an interesting one because there are no organic synthetic fibers. Okay. That's because if it's a synthetic fiber, it's organic, organic essentially is like, yeah, organic essentially like the, um, the not use of like pesticides, right. And the regulation that way. So if it's not grown, then it doesn't need fall into that category. Now, the reason why I thought this was interesting is because I'm sure that there's probably some labeling out there that mm -hmm. would claim that. Um, but as far as I know, if it's a synthetic fiber, it can't be organic. So that's something to be weary of. If you're seeing that labeling, um, it could have like a minimal amount of natural fiber that's organic to be able to say that but that's also something to look out for um and then it can be ecotech certified though so if you're looking for a synthetic fiber that's been tested for off-gassing and for um you know chemical exposure bleach all that stuff then you can look for ecotech certification and they have that for natural and synthetic fibers okay. and i did some digging i wasn't really sure exactly what they're like how strict they were so I did a lot of digging and they're pretty strict like they're um they're I trust like if it's ecotech certified I'm trusting that they've done some pretty intensive testing on these products to make sure that they're not going to give off anything and especially they have like a baby standard um they have different levels of 
of what they test for. And they have a, a baby specific one that's used for baby products and it's pretty strict. So if you find materials that are Ecotech certified, that could be a really good um, like alternative also. So I know, for example, Target, they have organic cotton sheets, but they also have Ecotex certified sheets and synthetic like polyester blankets that are Ecotech certified. So I think that's really interesting and it could be a good way to like stretch your budget and feel like you still have a sense of, um, you know, understanding of quality of product because, you know, honestly, even organic products, like they are thoroughly tested, but with the amount of organic cotton that's coming into us from other countries where their regulations might not be as strict and where their work environments are not as humane, it's kind of hard to know exactly like what's going on there. And so there's so many factors to look into. And for me, like fair work environment is huge. So, um, and, and we have very little organic cotton coming out of the United States. So, and, and who's to say that those are all super fair work environments, but I'd like to think that they're more regulated to consider when you're looking at, at different fabrics and different materials, what their certifications are. Yeah, I haven't heard of the Ecotech. And now that you say that, my question seems kind of obvious <laughs> uh, that there's something wrong with that. But it was, I think it was specifically the Snuggle Me Organic because I saw that on your site and you linked to the yes. whole one. But I think they had several different options. And I think I ended up going with like not the wool, like the second most expensive one, but I thought it was synthetic fibers. <laughs> So maybe if it was mixed with organic cotton, they can say organic or. So that's a great, that's why I was so happy that you asked that question because the, the marketing and the ingredient and material lists are two totally different things. And so I do believe that all people are like inherently good. (laughs) So I don't think people are like out necessarily these brands that are actually doing really good things. Like I love Snuggle Me Organic. I think that they're fantastic. Um, but their brand name is Snuggle Me Organic. They don't technically, that doesn't mean that every product that they have is organic, um, Mm. or, or fully organic. And, and then they do have covers like on all of their products that are organic I believe they might have the lowest tier one that's not, but I think all of the covers on there are organic. So they are technically, even though it's not filled with it. So um, it is tricky. And I don't think that they're trying to like blindside you or anything, but it's just, that's the name of their company. And then their products do state what they have. But if you're not doing all that digging, it can be confusing. So. Yeah. I think that like the whole idea of greenwashing is just interesting in general, because we want to feel good about what we're purchasing and it's easier to look at the few things that are on the front of like a few buzzwords that like, Oh, this sounds good. And <laughs> um, absolutely not all of us do all the research that you do, but. And I that's think why we is, have you. <laughs> I know. So we have the obsessive people that love to like <laughs> learn all the things. Um, but I will say on greenwashing that even though I do think that companies are out, you know, most of the time in this space to do the right thing. I know that there are some larger companies that are trying to like jump on the bandwagon um, that maybe like aren't even fully aware of everything and just like trying to get in with it. Um, And then there are some companies that I'm sure that are just, you know, marketing based companies that are kind of saying things. So it is important to be like semi-diligent or go to sources that you trust that are going to do the research because of that. Um, there are a lot of buzzwords that aren't even regulated at all. So organic is regulated. 
um, you know, ecotex is regulated, but natural is not regulated. Non-toxic isn't mean anything. It's says non-toxic on it. Um, like pure, clean, all that stuff. They are, none of that's regulated. So, you know, it's kind of, it, it can be tricky to navigate if you're just reading what, what's on the package on okay. the front. So anybody can just say all natural baby bottles or whatever, whatever they're for certain to... industries. So I think for food, you can't say it as easily, but for products, for consumer products, like, you know, bedding and stuff, okay. there's no regulation as, okay. as of right now. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's shift. I wanted to talk about some like cleaning, personal care, fragrances, like that kind of stuff. Cause I know you have a lot of that on your website too. Um, I, I think I keep asking the same kind of question, like what would you prioritize? Cause it just, it's back to this feeling of it seeming overwhelming. overwhelming. And it's like, like if you just want to be starting to make these swaps, ideally I would want to start with the things that'll make the biggest impact. So um, I think you talked about like glass over plastic, that kind of stuff, um, which would be a good thing for the home. Uh, what about things like cleaning and personal care? We've talked about Norwax, which I think is something you're standing behind. Yeah. Um, I, I like, um, so really quick, it reminded me of something when we we're talking about baby that I didn't touch on, but wooden toys, if you can, are really, even from my degrees actually in child development. And then I got into nutrition after um, and holistic wellness because they seemed so intertwined. Um, even from just a developmental standpoint, there's a lot of research behind like old school wooden non-electric toys. And I think there's a balance for sure. Like my kids definitely are exposed, but um, when they're really early and learning, um, the wooden toys one are going to be more natural for your home environment and for baby. So long as they're, you know, painted with safe paints or better yet, like not painted at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just from a developmental standpoint, uh, the neutral colors are a lot better for them actually than those really bright colors, which all of the toys nowadays are, are, um, you know, made with. So, uh, so that's kind of a tangent, but that's another thing for baby. If you're going to put things on registry, just those natural wooden minimal, like, or wool and cotton, little stuffy stuffies and stuff. There's also, um, some natural wool filled bears and things like that, because stuffed animals are like a whole other thing. They're, you know, polyester based with polyester filling and environmentally not great. And then also just not awesome. Um, to have around the the home because they collect, you know, dust and things like that. And they're not having any protection against that, like a wool would. So, um, so there's a, another tangent really quick. No, I love that. Cause like you said, a lot of the toys, even for little, little babies are bright colors that light up and make noises. And I, I mean, you'd know more than this, more about this than I would, but it seems like it is overstimulating for you know, a two, three month old baby <laughs> versus, right. so, yeah. Yeah. And we live like in an overstimulating world. It's not about like, you know, over sheltering or anything like that, but it's just, if we can ease them into it in a very like natural way, um, as far as like natural textures, natural colors, um, it tends to just be a nice, 
a nice way to like segue them into, into the learning, um, of our world. So, and then it's, it's less toxic generally as well. So, um, yeah. And what was the, oh, cleaning. That was the question. (laughs) Like what was the original question? Uh, yeah, I love, I have like a, I love Norwex. I think one of the things I don't love is just that it is a, it's actually, they are like natural. I mean, sorry, they're synthetic material, but, um, and same with like e-cloths, which are a Norwex alternative that I also love. Um, microfiber is fantastic because of its ability to pick up really, really small organisms without using any cleaners. But to get the fibers as small as they need to be to pick those up, it's a synthetic process. So mm. no natural fiber is that tiny. It's like one, I think Norwex is like one two hundredths of a hair, um, all of their fibers are that small. And that is how they can pick up bacteria and things that are, and viruses and stuff that are that small. And then they don't claim to pick up everything because there are some that are smaller, but, um, but that's, it's great. You can use water and just that. And I love that. But then, um, it's just the, the fact that it is polyester and then, you know, that you're throwing them later, but you get so much use out of them. And I think they have a recycling program too, for people that are concerned about that. Um, uh, and then, but I also love having spray cleaners. So I use the, the just water and a Norwex or an e-cloth for my like everyday cleaning of Mm -hmm. counters and, you know, um, high chair and things like that. And I trust it. I feel pretty trusting of its ability to pick up a lot. (laughs) Um, but then for deeper things, I really love branch basics. They have a concentrate that can be used in different amounts for all, all of your cleaning needs essentially. Um, so everything from like hand soap in your home to laundry, to your bathroom cleaner. And, um, I just, I love, I love that. And I actually use that still with a microfiber because <laughs> I'm like, well, I'll just double up the, the cleaning power from really trying to scrub on something. So, yeah, I think we do something similar. I, I use really hot water with my Norwex, like an electric tea kettle to just wipe through things easier. So it's just water, but in the bathroom, I'm using cleaners. So yeah, there's certain places or certain situations like when an illness is running through and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to give it a little extra shine. Um, so I think, and both of those things are pretty affordable, easy ways to start because the Norwex, they're slightly more of an investment, but they last, there's like a two year warranty on them and they last forever. And they actually made my cleaning time so much quicker <laughs> because mm-hmm. I didn't have to get out all of these things. Um, and then the branch basics, because you have one bottle of concentrate, you mix it with water, it lasts quite a long time and you can use it for so many different things. And you're not buying new bottles every time, like of the spray bottles, you're just buying the concentrate bottle. So it's also reducing your plastic waste. Um, so those are both like really easy ways to start. Uh, and then like my best tip is just avoidance, like avoid bringing those things into your home. So like the main things that I look at is I always look at what the clothing's made of that I'm bringing into the home. I try not to buy any plastic, anything really, but of course, like, I mean, even my produce comes in plastic containers. So, but as far as like Tupperware and things like that, we're only buying glass. Um, and then when I make big purchases, um, but I mean, even 
even things that you're hanging up on your wall, you know, you could be looking into and curious about. And I think that's really, it's just having a curiosity for everything that you're bringing in. And then that curiosity eventually turns into a strength because you're just more aware. And it doesn't mean you're always going to make the decision that would be necessarily like the best, whatever that means. But it's just like that curiosity that brings an awareness. And then all of a sudden you're doing better without it being like a, um, a challenge or without it being like an all at once thing. Yeah. And it is really interesting because something I really like to do from an environmental perspective is buying used things. So we buy a lot of used clothes, but then if you, there's not this huge market for used hundred percent organic pajamas. <laughs> so you're kind of making a choice there of, you know, what do, what do I think is a better choice for my family? But Absolutely. And that's something we've been really trying to do a lot more secondhand. When they were younger, I put like purity as our priority. And we always did, you know, the the organic cotton when we could and things like that. And now as they're older and as I've started my own company and realized like all of the waste that goes into manufacturing. And I always cared, of course, about sustainability and the earth, but you know, purity was first. And now we're trying to do a lot more secondhand because there's just so much, especially clothing in abundance, um, that can be used. It's perfectly, perfectly good. And I do feel like in the case of clothing, because it's being washed so often, I can't speak to flame retardants, but as far as like any pesticides on cotton or even like esters from polyester, I would imagine that it would, um, it would be less over time. Um, one interesting thing I just learned about polyester though, is that every time you wash it, bits of plastic, like tiny, tiny microplastics get put into the water system because Mm. it's coming off of the clothing. And so it's actually releasing like plastics into our water system, which is part of the reason why we're consuming plastics through water so much more now. Um, so like drinking water now contains like little tiny microplastics, which is a whole other thing, but, (laughs) but, um, so that's another interesting fact when you're purchasing clothing and thinking about that is not just like the source of where it came from and where it's going to go, but also like what it's doing in the in-between, which is something I had never even thought about before I learned about it. I guess this wasn't one of my questions, but do you want to touch on water filters really quickly? Sure. Um, Water filters, again, EWG, who's a powerhouse in doing research on this, does have a guide that they can help you with. I think one of the most, the first things to look into is like what your water locally has in it. Mm -hmm. So um, everybody's local water is slightly different and that's going to dictate like which filter is best for you. But some of my general like blanket recommendations would be a Berkey. I love Berkey's. They filter out tons of things while leaving the minerals in. Um, and you have the option of getting like a fluoride filter and, and stuff like that. I, I feel like I'm trusting of the Berkey. I know that I've read some research where they're like, Oh, you know, the testing, independent testing isn't always exactly the same every time. And that probably has a lot to do with the different water in the different environments and what water they're testing. But I feel, I feel comfortable using it with my family. Um, and then reverse osmosis is another option, but if you use reverse osmosis, it's taking everything out. And so that means you have to add minerals back in and it is a very water intensive process. So it is pretty wasteful of water. Um, 
But if you're living in a place where your water's really bad and that's your only option for health, I would, I would still recommend that. And then adding it back in. And then there's even like some machines like Kangen water and things like that, that do other like fancy things and have different claims. But as far as just filtering, those are my two like most affordable, easy options Mm -hmm. because you can just fill up a reverse osmosis. You don't have to install a machine in your home. You can fill up and bring it in, which is what we did for like five years. We brought jugs in and then we invested in a Berkey, which if you like divide it by time, by day over year, like it's still not, you know, not too expensive. Um, but then EWG has a helpful guide for like different, getting different types of things out of your water too. So, okay. And then the, like for showers and baths as well, it's, yeah. they touch on that. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if that guide that I'm thinking of does, but Berkey also has a shower filter. I've tried quite a few different shower filters and I noticed the biggest difference on my skin with uh, Berkey. Um, shower filters are different because they filter, have to filter water really quickly. So they're not able to get out as mm-hmm. much as drinking water would be able to. Um, but still better. It's mostly chlorine that they're going for with a shower filter though, because a lot of the other stuff needs more time to filter out. Um, also vitamin C has been found to be really helpful. So if you're giving your child a bath, we fill our bath with our shower. If we're doing a bath, because I have a shower filter, they have, um, bath filters as well. I haven't found one that I like love that goes on the bath faucet and filters through. So we just fill from our shower Berkey filter. Um, but then also vitamin C has been found to neutralize chlorine and some of the other like nasty stuff. So you can get it in powdered form and there's probably specific types. We don't usually use it because I have the filter, but, um, that you can like sprinkle in the bath and help to neutralize some of the chlorine there. Okay. And what about, what about things like using a humidifier? I'm always torn on that because, um, I mean, if you're diligent about cleaning it out all the time, but a wet, humid environment is the perfect breeding ground for, for certain things that you probably wouldn't want to be breathing in. Um, so I don't know if that was the question you're getting at, but well, would you have to use filtered water in it? Yeah, I think, I think that they require, um, like not even, um, what's it called distilled. So like nothing in it, not even fil- cause filtered water. Isn't necessarily distilled water. You don't want to drink distilled water, but mm-hmm. if you, if you're using like for a steam vacuum for a humidifier, Um, I don't know. I'm weird about, I know that I'm not great at cleaning out those things all the time. Yeah. So I don't, and we don't like, we just haven't needed one as much. Um, but if you're using California thing again, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, we get dry. We, we definitely like get dry weather here, but, um, yeah, I just haven't used them personally, but I would say if you're using the right water, which is the distilled, which isn't going to have the bacteria or isn't going to have as much possibility for growth because there's like nothing in it essentially. Um, okay. and then it would be better for the system as well. Cause it won't plug it up with the calcium and the lime and all that other stuff that's usually in water, but, but yeah, definitely being mindful of, of cleaning that out diligently and using distilled instead of just filtered because filtered is great for drinking because it has the minerals and some of the other things in it, but you don't necessarily want to use it with your machinery, like a steam mop or, or a humidifier. 
Okay. Yeah, because we we've hit that season here where it's super dry and I need it. And I know I haven't cleaned it since last winter. And so I I haven't turned it on. <laughs> I know. And it's that's a, a tricky one. And I'm not by any means like a mold specialist. Like there's yeah. no that's that's far outside. I haven't done a lot of like mold stuff. I'm more really like let's just strip down everything. Let's get to the basics. Let's, you know, try to find natural things and then avoid where we can and and it's really like a very minimalist, like simple approach yeah. that I take. Well, cause I think I, I just thought of that and I apologize for throwing a bunch of questions on you. No, it's that. okay. I don't mind at all. <laughs> We're not planned. But, um, cause I think I heard that with the shower filter that if you take really hot showers, it's actually the breathing in the chlorine that's potentially worse than it getting absorbed through your skin. So we've, we have been known to just put tap water in a humidifier and point it, point it at our faces. And so I'm assuming that's kind of the same situation. Yeah. So, um, I think that where you can be mindful on like even cooking. So even like cooking water, a lot of people don't think about like when they're heating up some pasta, they're just using tap water, but that's absorbing although the same things in the water and yes, it's boiling people are like, Oh, but I'm boiling it off. Well, you're boiling off bacteria, um, but not necessarily chemicals. Right. So, um, so we fill up, we do all of our cooking with our Berkey or, you know, before we did it with like the clean water that we'd bring in. I've even seen some people fill up their water with their shower filter. So like they have shower filter and they just fill up their pan with the shower filter. Um, so it, water is extremely important. And I feel bad that I didn't mention this before when you said where to prioritize because water is a huge priority. Sometimes I tell people, if you change nothing else, get filtered water and use it for all the things because we're drinking it, we're cooking with it, we're showering and bathing in it. And if you can be mindful about those, those places, then I think you're going to see a big difference overall, or your body's at least going to feel a big difference overall. So Okay. I love that. I'm glad I asked. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a really good one. Um, so what about like personal care products? Like we've talked about this a little bit on the show, like, um, Marissa and I both work with beauty counter and we've also like really recommended primarily pure, which I see you like, we've said that some of the things to prioritize are things that you might ingest or inhale so like a lipstick that you might swallow or a powder where you're breathing it in um I'm curious your thoughts on that if if you would kind of prioritize things the same way or how you would look at it yeah so um I I definitely think anything we're ingesting or inhaling is extremely important but really like anything we're putting on our skin in general and leaving it on there all day I feel like is pretty, I just, I do think like all that body care stuff is pretty important. Um, I love what beauty counter is doing because they are doing so many tests above and beyond. And I think one difference that people don't realize, like I still totally live in like the hippie world of face care and makeup, but sometimes that world isn't doing the testing, even though it's coming from natural sources. And because natural things aren't always perfect, like I always say, like organic poison is still poison (laughs) or, you know, and, and so 
I think that it's really important to find companies that are doing the testing um, that fall in line with with what you're wanting to use. So um, for me, like I use makeup that is powdered based, which sometimes can have heavy metals they found in it. But this particular company tests for heavy metals um, and it's a completely like natural company. So I think it's important to not just look for natural in this area, but also to look for places that are testing. And sometimes that doesn't mean natural. Sometimes it can mean maybe synthetic, but if it's tested to be safe, it could be a better option for you if you're having it on your skin all day than something that is just natural. So my favorite is the natural tested safe stuff. So I like when it's natural and safe because, you know, instead of either synthetic safe or, or um, natural and, and unsure, that's kind of where I live is in that natural tested safe land. Okay. Yeah. And that's a good point about anything you're leaving on your body. Cause if you're worried about your clothes, but you're putting on a moisturizer all over your skin under your clothes, like that's having a bigger impact on what's absorbed than right. the and clothing I'll say around that, it. Yeah. And, and companies have come out in the masses. I've been digging into this for over 10 years now. And when I first started, it was really tricky and hard to find options. Now there are really good options readily available to us at all different price points at all different levels of, you know, as far as makeup goes at all different levels of like, um, everything from stage to like the most natural. I mean, they're really coming out with more options and thanks to beauty counter in that area for making like high performance makeup that is safe. I think that it is just becoming more and more readily available to us, which is awesome. And I love that. Yeah. And one other thing I really liked about beauty counter, because I used it for a couple of years before I signed up as a consultant and something that really struck me as they're looking at the sourcing as well as it being safe from a toxic perspective, they're getting coconut oil, but it's not from slave labor. And they're, you know, anything that they don't do to animal testing, but there are some like beeswax in some products and it's from an ethically sourced way of getting it. Um, Cause if you get something with palm oil, you're like, Oh, this is a natural ingredient for skincare, but it might be contributing to a lot of unethical farming or cutting down of rainforests. And it, there's just, there's so much, so many things. I know <laughs> we're like, don't be overwhelmed, but here's right. all the things, that look at. <laughs> but here's no. all the things you need to worry about. <laughs> oh, I know. And that's, and I feel like it is, um, it is tricky because there are so many factors to consider. And when I started this journey, I wasn't really considering anything but the purity factor. And then it's evolved over time to like encase all the other things. But I think that's why finding certain brands that you really trust and then being able to move forward with products from that brand is such a beautiful, wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Or finding people who you know are doing the research that are going to be recommending brands. But when there's brands that are able to live by those values and continue putting out product by those values, it's a really wonderful thing. I know I've found my few that kind of I are go-to for everything. And I don't even do as much looking anymore because I know that I can trust the things and those meet all of the needs that I have at this time. So, yeah. yeah. And we also just did a holiday episode last week and talked about certified B corporations and 
you know, maybe you're not doing a ton of research on every company, but if you look at companies that have this certification, it might be like, okay, you're supporting somebody that's meeting some pretty high standards, even if they're not perfect in every way. So that's right. I like looking for that. That's going to be my challenge to myself is doing all my shopping, my holiday shopping from (laughs) those companies. Totally. Yes. Um, And then what about things like uh, candles and I know this kind of goes with the cleaning products too, like just the label of fragrance as an ingredient in, in products. Like, yeah. So I, I almost, um, this is probably going to sound extreme, but I almost view fragrance as like poison at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, when I walk into a place and they have like a synthetic plug-in or even a candle burning, I get like, and this is definitely also mental, but I get like, oh my gosh, I don't want this around me. Like, I really don't like this. I know too much about this. I, we don't have any of that in the home. We don't even use like scent. I mean, again, like I am, or I'm a recovering extremist, I feel like, um, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but we don't even use like scented pretty much anything in our home. My mom's always like, your laundry just smells like nothing. I'm like, I know. She's like, I miss the flowery scent, you know, but, um, there are natural ways to remedy that. Like if you really love having your scented stuff, if you love having that seasonal scented candle in your home, you can definitely find natural oils to replace that. So, um, we use, we do diffuse oils and oils are a whole other rabbit hole that I have not, I'm not a specialist in. I've done research on the company that I'm using to make sure that they're doing things that I like, but, um, but I do have some go-tos of the oils and a diffuser and it'll smell nice in my home. We also do incense and sage and stuff like that here too, but that's not for everybody. And those Mm -hmm. can be pretty strong scents. And those also have a whole world of like sage, I mean, of, um, you know, incense that you wouldn't want to burn. Um, so you definitely want to make sure you're, you're sourcing it correctly, but, um, but there are ways to get scents through natural oils and even companies that have like the laundry soap with essential oils and stuff like natural scents. But I, I really suggest like not having any scented fragrance, plug-in candle, anything like that in your home. If you're the DIY type, you can make your own candles. Um, also beeswax candles, but again, it'd be interesting to know where they're coming from, but they give off a really nice honey scent. Um, and I'm thinking I'm, I am not a candle person because I've moved away from all of that, but I feel like there's probably some brands out there now that will have like natural oils and natural waxes because you do want to try to stay away from the paraffin waxes. Um, they can give off some, they can give off like a coating in your home. And there's actually some mm. crazy things I've read about just the, the wax actually like building up. Um, and so it not being healthy for breathing in and things like that. And if it's a petroleum based, then it's essentially like burning plastics right in the home. So you want to stay away from that. If you're going to get a candle, try to get a, I prefer a beeswax. I think I've even seen like coconut oil candles, which I don't fully understand. Um, soy candles, I feel on the fence about, I don't buy them myself, but I feel like they're a better option than traditional wax candles, paraffin wax candles. Um, but I like to stick with the the beeswax if I can, or an essential oil diffuser if you're open to it. 
Yeah. And then on the laundry too, like we have the wool dryer balls from Norwax and you can just put a few drops of essential oils rather than a fragrance dryer sheet, but exactly. So I love that. Yeah. It's that like the Ubers with the, the trees and the worst. (laughs) No, I know. I'm always like huddled up by the window with it open, even in like 20 degrees and the driver's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't like, I can't breathe. Yeah. Yeah. It it makes me car sick. Yeah. No, I know. It is funny. Once you like know you're so hyper aware of like all the fragrances and everything, even when someone has a really strong perfume on, which it's interesting because when it comes to perfume, a lot of people are emotionally tied with scent. So I remember when I stopped wearing it, my husband would say like, oh, I kind of, I've missed that smell. Or now when I smell like the cologne that my husband first wore when I'm walking by someone and they, I kind of do have this feeling of like nostalgia where I'm like, oh, that was, you know, and it's funny because we are tied to scent, but um, oils can be used for that too. If you're, you know, really wanting that perfume type of um, thing and they do have some natural like perfumey blends. Um, but another thing that you touched on was the car too. I actually just put on my Christmas list, like an oil diffuser for the car, because mm. I feel like with my kids, it's starting to smell like questionable in my car now. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like it used to just smell neutral. And now I get in, I'm like, what is that? What did they leave in here? That's smelling like that right now. Um, so I just put that in was like a, it's like a little oil diffuser. That's a plug in and it, it can make your car smell nice. So we'll see. I have no experience yet, so we'll see what happens. But Okay. Awesome. Well, let's jump into diapering. Okay. I know this is a big, a big area for you and I, I do want to hear about your business. So um, benefits of cloth diapering over disposables. Okay. So um, there are so many factors, like all of the other things that we've talked about today that go into all of these decisions. But I think that still at the end of the day, from a pure and earth-friendly standpoint, cloth is your best bet. Um, That's because even though you're using more water, and even though there was some research done by, I believe it was by P&G, but it was definitely by one of the big powerhouse disposable diaper companies that put out research that was comparing the actual like footprint of disposable compared to cloth when you consider the water usage and stuff. And they had found like neutral, like it being the same. I think it really depends what you're looking at. I find that hard to actually fully process and believe. And I think it depends also how you're washing your diapers. You know, I know some people and drying them. So some people like hang dry them and that minimizes the electricity used and things like that. But, um, obviously you've got a lot less landfill waste happening when you are using a, uh, a cloth diaper and you also have complete control over the material touching your baby's skin. So we used organic cotton cloth diapers with my son There are microfiber diapers. A lot of diapers are made with microfiber. That is a synthetic fiber. It is petroleum-based. It is plastic. So if Mm. you're looking for a pure option, if purity is at top of mind, then the organic cotton is probably, or like some sort of natural material, I think they even have like hemp and things like that now. Um, So that is one thing to consider if you're looking for purity. Not all cloth diapers are created equal, um, but they are, I think, still probably 
a best bet if you're trying to hit all all areas. Um, what if it's a, a cotton diaper, but not organic cotton? From, for a cloth? Yeah. I think I still feel really good about cotton. And okay. I know that there's a lot of controversy around cotton. And I've done so much research into cotton recently because of my company. And I still feel like cotton is a, a way to go. I think that they're, at least in the United States, the cotton that we produce here, they've done, they've gone at great lengths to try to minimize the amount of water and the amount of pesticides that they're using. And they're still getting a lot of flack for that in the industry because it was originally one of like the highest pesticide usage crops. Um, and I can't speak for other countries. I don't know what the regulations are there, but I know here they've done a ton of work to remedy that um, and to be better about the resources that they're using. Um, I, it's hard to know like exactly where your cotton's coming from, of course, for everything. Mm -hmm. But I know that they're trying to change the face of like what they've been doing. Um, I feel I feel good about cotton. There's also some research that shows that washing thoroughly so like when you get a when you get a diaper you're supposed to wash it multiple times anyway because its absorbency is increased every time you wash it so i feel like you're also going to be getting out a lot of the surface pesticides but when i was doing some really deep digging into research i found conflicting research like whether or not it got certain pesticides out um and certain herbicides out of the cotton when it was washed, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I feel, I still feel comfortable with cotton and I still prefer cotton clothing over polyester. We try to buy, unless it's a recycled polyester, which we've been buying more of for at least me as an adult, I still try to do the cotton with the kids, but I still prefer it. And I know that there's so much conflicting stuff out there, but even from a processing standpoint, this is, I'm so good at tangenting, let me tell you, but I'm going to go on another one. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> but this is really, if you're looking at the lifeline of the products that you're buying, if you look at cotton, it is grown naturally and it's already a fiber, right? So you're taking a fiber, you're weaving it into something, the processing, the cleaning is probably the most processing that it does. So if it's using a bleach or a peroxide um, to clean it out, and maybe mechanically cleaning, and then it's being, you know, used as a fiber. So it starts as a fiber from the earth, it becomes a fiber, and then it can go back to the earth if you're composting or, um, you know, hopefully like second handing and then composting. If you're looking at a polyester, it's a petroleum-based product. So you're pulling it from fossil fuel resources, and then you are processing it because it's an it's essentially like crude and you have to turn it into an oil then turn it into a product. And then you have to pull that product, which is tiny plastic pellets into fibers. So the processing already is like crazy. It has not a fiber, anything that resembles a fiber at the beginning. And then it turns into plastic pellets and turns into fibers. And then those fibers give off tiny, tiny microplastics into our environment that are not degradable. And then we, it's not compostable, which actually polyester is easily degradable, but it never fully degrades. So if you, you can like compost some polyesters, but they just turn into microplastics. 
So you don't actually want them in your system. They don't want them in your compost. You don't want to put them back into the earth, but they do, they do visually degrade easier than some other plastics. Um, so if you're just looking at the lifeline alone of, of your products, that's why I choose cotton. And even over some other things like bamboo or viscose, those things don't start as fibers either. So you have to think about what's happening in that process. An organic bamboo, that's a hard wood fiber. What's the process? What are they using to turn it into a, a mush that then has to be turned into a fiber? And usually that's a chemical process. Um, mm. and sometimes it's mechanical. There are definitely companies that are doing it in a mechanical way, but usually it's a chemical process. So. I love this. This is so fascinating. <laughs> Um, information overload. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, but I'm, I mean, when we're talking about, I think you were talking about like the cotton diapers that aren't organic being against baby skin, like comparing that to a disposable, a lot of the disposables are made with a lot of chemicals and still have that in them when they're used as a diaper. Right. Right. So, um, the interesting with the interesting thing with disposables that many people don't know is they they are plastic. So I think that even though they look like a fiber and they feel like a natural fiber, uh, sometimes they're all almost all petroleum based um, fibers. So they're all essentially the same thing. It's a different type of fiber. It's not polyester, um, but it's the same process. You're getting a crude oil, you're turning it into small plastic pellets. It's being pulled into fibers. And so one, there's that. And that's why a lot of them can say that there's no bleaching or anything because you don't need to bleach a plastic, you know, you, mm -hmm. you would bleach like a cotton or a natural fiber, but, um, but they all have the properties. It's the same plastic that you'd find in like Tupperware or in a plastic bag. Usually those are the two that you're putting on your baby. So it's, it's like putting a plastic bag, bag essentially on your baby. Now this is not to knock anyone that's doing this because my first was cloths, but my second actually was mostly disposable. We did a mix of both. Um, it's just too informed because I feel like this is information that when I first learned it was like, what? I just, I never thought about it. I just didn't think about it. Um, so plastic diaper, I mean, diapers and wipes are both generally plastic materials. There is a bigger movement of like bamboo, you know, diapers happening, um, which just means the top sheet, which just means that that covering that's touching the baby is that all the insides are usually still petroleum based from a compostability standpoint. That means very little actually can be composted. Um, but from a toxic standpoint, as long as they're mechanically processing it, it technically should be better than the plastic. I, for some reason, I, I just don't like bam. I just like, I don't buy bamboo products. I okay. feel like the processing is too muddy. There's too much going on on the in-between and it's not regulated. So even trees, so even like a viscose, which generally comes from trees. And if you think about what we use that daily for, that would be our toilet paper and our uh, paper towels, those are extremely highly regulated industries in the United States. So they have been around for so long that almost everything that's used has been grown for that use. We're not using anything. We're not cutting anything down here in the United States. I can't speak for other places to make those things. So they're very highly regulated, but bamboo is not. 
So mm-hmm. it's new. We're just using it. We're not regulating where it's coming from or how it's being grown. Obviously, it grows a lot faster. But if the demand's raising, is it raising higher? We just don't know. And it's generally not grown here. So where is it grown and how's it, how are the workers being treated and how's it been processed? And there's a lot of un, unknowns, but both viscose from trees and bamboo, which is a lot of times a rayon, which again, by the time bamboo gets to you, it's so unrecognizable as bamboo that it's closer to a synthetic fabric than it is to, um, to a natural fiber for the most part. I like, I'm totally fine with someone coming on and correcting me. Like, this is what I, what I know about it and why I always feel like there's just too much unknown about it for me to invest in bamboo products at this time. Bamboo fiber products. Right. I love that. Um, yeah, let's, let's go into the wipes. <laughs> I okay. have to say I'm obsessed with them. Yay! <laughs> um, and this is like, this is kind of like a weird personal phobia, but I've always hated wipes. Like even like you have ribs and they give you the little like wet wipes. Like I just don't like how it feels on my skin and it's the same for baby wipes. And now that, um, well, these are a dry wipe, like I just like how it feels on my hand. <laughs> so yay! I love it. I, I am like obsessed and it's, um, yeah. It's a good obsession for me. I'm happy with it. I'm, keep on being obsessed. Makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But why don't you go ahead and tell us about them? Okay. So, um, one of the reasons why you probably don't like the feel of other wipes, it could be because of the base is a plastic, um, plastic base and these are cotton. And if you can't tell from all of the things that I just talked about, <laughs> there's a reason why I chose cotton. And uh, some of the reasons were because I knew I could choose it from sources that I wanted to choose it from. And I knew that the processing would be minimal. Um, and so, you know, it, I just, I decided to go with cotton because I felt like it was easiest to control and the most minimal product that, or, you know, material that I could go with. But for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, um, I created a wipe called the Earthly Not Yet Wet Wipe. And it was because I felt like there was this missing piece between cloth and disposable where, you know, I do still love cloth, but we travel all the time now. And so many families are moving around all the time, traveling and going and doing things out. And I wanted something that could be taken with you that wouldn't make you compromise on your values as far as sustainability goes, and also give you the purest option that you could possibly have. So what we started doing was creating a wipe. I had no intention of setting out to create a dry wipe. I thought it would be a wet wipe, Uh, but through over a year of testing and research on different chemicals and preservatives, I realized that I just didn't want to stand behind the options that were out there. Um, because they weren't the level that I wanted to meet. So just a little bit of background on a wipe. Usually when you have a wet wipe, if you think about it, if you put clothing in the laundry machine with water after a couple hours, if you don't change it out, it's going to start smelling foul, right? So water and fabrics are not meant to be together for long periods of time. And because of that, we have to preserve it. So If you preserve it, you usually need some sort of solvent to make the preservative mix in with the water. And if you have a solvent, you might need a pH balancer. And so it's kind of like a little bit of a um, domino effect. Once you have one of these chemicals, you have to add the others. And 
it doesn't mean that they're all bad. There are some, you know, safe synthetics like we've talked about before. So they've been tested. What we know about them is that they're, that they're safe, but you know, everybody's so different. And after I kind of put a lot of thought into it, the idea of just having something sitting wet so long also just kind of feels a little bit weird to me. And so it just made the most sense for me to give complete control over to the user as far as what's on it. And also just completely avoid the idea of any mold growth possibility because, you know, mold and bacteria can start growing before you see it. And so just because you don't see it doesn't necessarily mean it's not there. Um, And then also just being able to completely control the purity of it. So what do you want to use at your baby at what stage for what thing? Or what do you want to use on your own skin? So is your baby brand new to the world and you just want to use water with them and and nothing else and water that's not been sitting there for a long period of time, you know? So like you can get a wipe and you can put water on it and use it for your gentle baby, um, you know, on your baby's gentle skin. Or if you have a really messy poop diaper and you're like, I need a little more, you know, a little more grip on this, like what can we use? And maybe just something as simple as a drop of Castile soap, um, or if you're cleaning your face, your favorite facial cleanser, if you're cleaning the countertops, you could use Branch Basics. So I know like I usually use the microfiber, but if I'm cleaning up something that I don't want to stick around, like maybe um, chicken juice or something like that, raw chicken <laughs> juice, like I don't want, I just would rather not use my microfiber for that. I'll take out one of my wipes and some Branch Basics and then I'll use that. Um, so it really gives you a complete versatility and the purest thing that I could offer you while also being as earth friendly as possible. Yeah, I love that. Cause even if you think about it, like a baby wipe, I would wipe, well, we did, we did a cloth diaper service when he was really little and it was with like flannel wipes, but as soon as we stopped the service and I was like, Oh, I can wash these myself. Everybody's quit with the cloth diapers and we've been (laughs) we've been pretty much disposable since he was a year old but um yeah if you think about and we've been using the wipes and sometimes the packet stays open and they dry out and it's like okay now you're kind of like have this half dried out package of them or but even the the wet wipes like thinking about spreading those around your countertop it sounds disgusting like (laughs) yet you're rubbing it on your baby like (laughs) Um, I know it's, it is kind of funny. I found myself like not wanting to use baby wipes on myself. And I was like, wow, that's weird because I use them on my child, um, who's got more delicate skin and who I, you know, want to protect at all measures, but I don't want to use this on me. Like I wouldn't use it on my face. And, um, and so I think that it just kind of gives complete, that's really the catalyst for all of this is that I just wanted to give that option to someone. And it's, it is true. Like, yes, they, you don't have to worry about, like, I keep a roll in the car because they are dry. We use them. They're really great for like boogers and things like that too. And Mm -hmm. they absorb so much more. It's almost more like a hanky, um, that I could throw, throw away at the end of the day than it is like a tissue because a tissue, like you can use once and that's it, but they absorb so much and so well that he can like use it and then have it for later in his little pocket. Um, 
And so uh, I think that that's one thing that I never even expected was just the world of, of versatility that you can get out of them. And when it comes to baby, also another interesting thing about wipes that I hadn't realized before this venture was that because they are sitting in water, they're fully saturated. They've been in there. They've completely soaked up every bit of it. And so when you're trying to get in and get like a poopy diaper, for example, um, I notice sometimes it'll like slide right off. It's not doing any actual picking up because it's fully max capacity, you know? Um, and because we use the dry wipes, even though they will be wet beforehand, they haven't fully absorbed yet. So you're going to be able to use a lot less wipes to clean up a lot more mess and have a lot like better cleaning power when it comes to something like a poopy diaper uh, because of that. So there's a lot of reasons why they make life easier and why, why, you know, why I'm so excited about being able to share them with you. Um, and yeah. 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 Cause I think that even like the ones labeled water wipes, it does, it feels like you have a soapy residue after you use them, even though like, I don't know what's in them, you know, I'm sure you do, but, um, yeah. <laughs> so the cotton ones I just love, and I, I'll just share what I do, uh, after getting some tips from you, <laughs> uh, I just have like a peri bottle from after I gave birth and put a couple drops of the Castile soap and then mostly water. And then I can just have that bottle, like that squeeze bottle ready to go with my wipes and like yes. I said, I'm obsessed. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. And I think that, um, it's funny. One of the things when I first, well, first the note, like filtered water, everybody filtered water. <laughs> if yeah. you're going to use uh, filtered or distilled even, um, because you want to minimize any like possibility of growth with the water sitting there. So that's one thing I always like to say. I, like I said, had no intentions of creating a dry wipe and I didn't know what that would look like or, you know, what that would what it would entail for use, but I just knew that it's the only way I could stand behind it. I wanted to make the purest, the most earth friendly, the most like, you know, convenient of those all together. And I knew this was the only way to do it. So I was like, I have to do this. Um, but I think that one thing that I've been pleasantly surprised about is just how easy it is to use them. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a big change of routine or anything, or if it was really going to be as convenient as I wanted it to be. But I just have my little roll and I have my bottle. I use a soap dispenser. I have a package that you can get with the soap dispenser too, if you want to, or you can use any old soap dispenser. And I have them right there, the same place we're out of diapers now, but this is what I did before when I was using diapers. I have my diapers, I have my squirt bottle, I have my wipes. And when I grab a diaper, I wet a wipe and then I go and take it. And so it wasn't any harder for me. And because I got to use less wipes, I wasn't as worried about being stuck without enough wipes. And if I really had a mess, I would wet two wipes. And if I didn't use the other one, I hung it to dry and used it later. So I think that, um, that's been really easy. And then for travel, I use a little squeezer bottle, a silicone travel squeezer is what I call it. And we also sell those on the website. You can buy them on Amazon. It's the same thing you put, you know, like shampoo in when you travel and it's silicone. I keep that in my purse with my roll. I whip out my wipe. I squeeze a little water on it and I go. And I think that, um, you know, that's been, it's been relieving to me to know just how easy and simple it is to use on the go or in any situation too. I love that. I feel like I could easily talk to you for like three more hours. 
Like, I wish, I wish I could just have you, I said this already, but come into my home and just like, all right, we're, we're going to swap this out. We're going to swap this out. But um, this it. was awesome. Yeah. So I will link to everything that we talked about. Um, and thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, you, know, you so much for share? having me. I mean, I could also talk, I'm a chat I, yeah. about it, as you know, <laughs> we got to spend some time together and you know that I, I can talk and talk too. So, um, I, I've loved having this conversation with you and I'm excited to give your listeners, we'll, we'll give them that guide. And I think that'll be a really good starting point because it can just help to kind of filter out what you're looking for and make it a little more like laser focused and, yeah, we'll get you all going and it'll be an easy, fun process. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. Bye. Bye. Email us your questions at nourishedandnurturing at gmail.com and find us on Instagram at nourishedandnurturing. You can find more from me, Marissa, at confidentlybalanced.com. And you can find more from me, Michelle, on Instagram at Michelle Taggy. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you liked what you heard and share it with a friend. We look forward to talking to you next week.